There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk with over 150 new and used cars to choose from along with the full Renault commercial van range and finance arranged within the hour there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio Women with Opinions a weekend sport look ahead Fred Cook let's keep him dancing with the stars and remembering the Dubliners all coming up on the show today but first Monday it all ends they step on the scales for the final time our lose weight and feel great crew 92 and a half pounds gone where will they end live show on Monday but before all that we paid a visit with the gang and their trainers from Integral Fitness and Leisure to Carlingford Adventure Centre and here's what transpired. Alan, it's a bit of a change for you to be standing observing rather than doing. Oh, definitely, yeah. But we, we couldn't mastermind this. The, the, the instructors are doing it well. They're after failing. So. <laughs> They're after falling off yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you tried it yet? No. We all tried it, yeah, but we didn't connect. So. Didn't connect. Go on, you're going to give it another go. Again. Here they go again. Here they go again. Lorraine, how's the form? Good to see you here in Carlingford oh, this Jerry, afternoon. It's just an amazing day. You think we ordered the weather. We're yeah. sitting on, I think, 30 acres of fun. <laughs> We've had such a giggle. We've been here now about almost two hours, an hour and a half. We're on obstacle four. <laughs> but we have had such a giggle. Oh, my God. This is our fun day, Jay. We yeah. promised fun. So they're exhausted already. We've distracted them with the fun. Oh, listen, they deserve this, don't yes. they? After the uh, five weeks or so they've put in already and heading to yeah. the end of the six-week programme now. Yeah. And, of course, we're here today to have a bit of a chat and a bit of a giggle with them and see how they're getting on. But it is another test for them. Oh, it's all physical. No, we, we made sure before we arranged this with Carlingford uh, Sky Park, we made sure that everything we did today wasn't mental. It was all physical activities. So they had everything lined up. Basically, they've parted every event we're doing and put a hill in between each one. So as well as doing each event, we've had to climb up half a mountain and back down a half a mountain and back up a half a mountain. So we're exhausted already, but they're, they're still smiling. Yeah, they're balancing on, on a rope, but they must hold on to each other physically the whole way along. And they win crystals now we almost have I think six crystals our aim today is to get ten okay so we're not doing we're not doing too badly but they they're they're slagging each other left right and centre the giggles out of this lot today look I know it's the eight of them it's the four instructors and our four Four and four, yeah, the eight together and they're working as a team, so they're not against each other. The eight of them have to work together. They've nearly ended up in the water. Um, they've they've tried to um, bring one on a crown halfway uh, down a mountain and halfway up a mountain. 
there's nothing they haven't done I'm surprised actually that they're all still dry being honest uh, but yeah they're doing super very proud of them they certainly are we'll leave them to that one and come back in a moment when we switch activities so many have you done so far? so this is number four uh, out of a many how many are you going to do all uh, together, we're probably going to do another maybe one or two and then we have a surprise adrenaline one for them so they don't know what that is yet so we're going to keep that a secret just to make sure we have them at the actual obstacles to camp back out I have all their car keys Jerry, so they're screwed <laughs> we're not getting out of this one yeah. ok we leave them away at this and we'll be back in a few moments as they move on to another challenge in Carlingford at the Sky Park Donald we're walking from that last activity moving to another one how are you getting on yeah very good Jerry. Uh when I woke up this morning, it was raining, but I tell you, if you look over the, the Cooley Mountains and uh, the sea here, it's such a fabulous location. Beautiful. But beautiful. And uh, I encourage people to come down here. It's just, uh, they, they have everything here. Uh, some of the exercises, a great team, uh, team bonding uh, today with, our, with ourselves and the instructors. We had the crystal maze. We had a thing with tubes and balls and stuff like that as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm sure they have a fancy name on it, but, but that's what it was to me. <laughs> Tubes and balls, you know. But he didn't make a balls, but I can no, assure no, you. No, 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 no. We worked it. That was actually very good. So we're here to get as many gems and stuff like that as well. Uh, so everybody's working together. Anne's a bit bossy now. She needs to calm, calm. She's taking a bit too serious now, in all fairness, you know. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's. Uh, I don't know where the last five weeks have gone, really, at the end of the day. It's just flown by. Uh, it's, uh, we've, got, we've made great friendship. We're there every morning. We're kind of like best buddies to a certain degree. Uh, gym buddies. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be tough now, the final week now. Just I, I, I won't know what to do in the mornings getting up, you know, <laughs> all my friends, you know, type of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, 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 it really is life-changing to a certain degree. And if you look and see the transformation that everybody has had mm. after losing all the weight, you feel great. Uh, I, I could finally... I found a receipt in one of my suits there, and it was 2017. I hadn't worn the suit in two years, and it was actually too big for me, you know, so it's cost me a fortune now, so I'm going to have to buy new clothes. But, yeah, it's tremendous and it's, uh, the weather's great at least not raining and we're all dry and we're all safe and the big thing is the pounds have fallen off all yeah. of you I want to say again just to you and everybody well done to you it's been a, a great effort on your part as well yeah listen we really are uh, uh, working as a team we're all in it to, not to win it but we're all egging each other on mm. this week has been very very tough I'm going to be honest with you in terms of the pounds I have been weighing myself the pounds aren't coming off as quickly as they were uh, you know I did have a sneaky sausage so I just I, I hope uh, I really hope that that doesn't actually go you're against allowed, me this John, week you're I, allowed yeah you have to live as well yeah, and, uh, and I have to thank my wife as well for the tolerance because I'm not that e- I haven't been easy in the first week but anyway yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> oh, listen go on away you go thank they're away in another activity there great guy Donald Waters honestly has really given it socks and 110% right through the programme and here they go. They're about to start another activity here in Carlingford. And me just standing with our hands on oh. our hips. Are you a bit apprehensive about this? No, not at all. It's great crack. <laughs> How have you got on? Yeah, great. Great all day. Great Look, fun. Lorraine wants to take your picture as well. You better give her a little <laughs> smile there so she can see it. So explain just for listeners what this is. Oh, out of the way, Alan Ferdigan wants us to move back a little bit here and we better do what he says. Oh, we better. Um, What's this? I'm not sure if I could explain to you what it is. I feel like I'm a monkey. <laughs> no, you're not, Anne. <laughs> You've been a little like... bit of a devil in, in aspects of your life, but I wouldn't say that. No, it's like, um, that's what's like. You're like a monkey. You're hanging out of ropes and you're walking on wires. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to keep up. So you're all trying to move from where we are here along two or three. Oh, up to the very end of this. So you have steel ropes higher off the ground and more heavy ropes suspended and you have to just move along on the line using the ropes and the pulleys to get along these narrow steel ropes. The hard part is balancing on the wire ropes that we're standing on. That's Mm. the hard part. But sure, we get there. You're 
you've been through a few of these activities. What's been the toughest so far? Um, oh, standing on the wire over there. That yeah, was tough. Yeah, yeah. Our balance, uh, yeah. that was tough. We, we got so close so many times so we didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's the week been? How, how are you feeling now? We're sort of on the, the final far long. I know, we're getting sad. Um, yeah, it was a great week. Um, a very busy week. I had a wedding on Valentine's Day, a dry wedding. It actually wasn't a dry wedding, it was a great wedding. <laughs> I was dry. <laughs> I had a party last night, so it was a busy week, but the drinking didn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, it was a good week. It's a short week, uh, hoping for the best on the scales, but give it a good drive next week. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The final push. It's beautiful here, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. Look mm. at it out there. Look at that view that we're looking out over yeah. the bay. Fantastic, it's just yeah. sensational. Yeah. And I know you mentioned PJs. <laughs> You're not going to PJs after this day. Please, but I came through please. Carlingford and it just reminded me again, if it needed reminding, what a beautiful little village yeah. it is. Yeah, it's fabulous. Fabulous part of the country. It's amazing. So close to us well. It's only half an hour down the road from us. Mm. Fantastic. So you'll give her the push now for the final, the final countdown. We do the best. Good woman, Anne. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Jerry. Somebody said to me, Fran Manish is on the ropes. I'm on the ropes. What do you think? <laughs> I'll tell you, you're looking good. <laughs> it's all about balance here, Jerry. It's uh, trying to kind of shift your body weight certain ways and using your arms one angle and you know the bottom half another angle. And you know something? If you think about it, it's. Makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. So the last challenge was hilarious. It was, again, like a balancing act. And there's a few feet, uh, foots dropped. And um, But we, we kind of didn't think he saw us, but he did. Yeah, no, it's been great crack, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been You've enjoyed crack. it. Different to what you're used to in the gym. Yes, absolutely. And it's outdoors. What a lovely day. And a great facility here. So, yeah. Siobhan O'Neill White, good to see you. You're stuck in here with the guys again. Anyway, I have to ask you. The week gone by, back yeah. difficulties. Yeah. How have you got on? What are you hoping for when you hit those okay. scales now on Monday evening? So I put in a great... The last three weeks, I have worked so hard. The back hurt on Sunday. So um, Monday night, we had the weigh-in. And then on Tuesday, uh, I met Fran in the gym Tuesday morning. And she put me on this seat bike. So it's kind of like sitting on a go-kart. And I have sat on that every morning this week. I've had my jumper on some of those days mm-hmm. and I have sweat into my, an awful mess of a person um, and I've really stuck rigidly with my diet mm-hmm. so really I've worked so hard really I honestly truly believe I mm-hmm. could not have worked any harder so I'm hoping for a good result Great stuff what about here H- have you enjoyed this here this morning? Yeah the joke of the day is that one of the we were doing one of the challenges and I said to the lads engage your core you have to engage your core to like stay because you're trying to balance so all I've heard now all day is are you engaging your core engage your core Siobhan engage your core but I'm going to blame Fran because even on the seat bike I'm flipping engaging my core I'm like my core as well I'm thinking about so all day I've been getting ribbed over that but we're having a good laugh yeah it's it's hard but you have to work as a team you know these kind of challenges are good going into the final week with all you've done and you've been down 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 every single week can you hit the stone i am hoping so i'm hoping so i think um fran manish is nodding nodding profusely yeah. she says you are going to hit that and stone I tell you, she nods no matter what <laughs> she's like a nodding dog beside me that one um she has to be i bloody a nodding dog with a whip she's cracking <laughs> she has the whip, to be cracking the whip i hope so i really 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 hope so i'm yeah. i'm um i don't want to say optimistic because you never know what's going to happen yeah. you know but i am um, 
Come on, Lorraine Balbasane, absolutely. I hope so. I'm yeah. trying my best. You will, you will, you will. We're so. all rooting for yeah. you. Anyway, go on and enjoy the rest yeah. of the day here. Great to see you in Carlingford and well oh, done. Yeah. Thanks, I've got rope burns, but I'm smiling. It's all good. I won't, I won't tell you where they are either. She's going to show them to me in a little while. I need Dave to rub a bit of cream on later. I can assure you I didn't see them, just in case you're wondering. Anyway, best of luck to them over the weekend. Imagine the six weeks is gone. The final weigh-in Monday, live late lunch from Integral Fitness and Leisure with the crew and their families, and we're really looking forward to it. 92 and a half gone. They're going to go over the 100. They're going to set records all round. I'm sure of it. Don't miss late lunch coming up next Monday. Up next on Friday's show, the Dubliners are remembered. Late lunch, LMFM radio. I have to say, in my lifetime, they were probably my favourite ballad group and what an advert they've been for Ireland and Irish folk music the Dubliners I'm talking about and tomorrow night in Drogheda in the TLT if you're a Dubliners fan you just got to get along because there is a marvellous show taking place there it's called Seven Drunken Nights the story of the Dubliners and I'm joined on Late Lunch today by Jed Graham who's going to tell us more Jed you're very welcome to the show oh thanks for inviting me on it's much appreciated Seven Drunken Nights of course a famous hit for the Dubliners it got them to top of the pops in 1967 it certainly did and what a, what a privilege it must have been to be rubbing shoulders with people like the Beatles and the Stones and Jimi Hendrix for five hairy guys from Dublin it, it made it such an impact on on the world stage and certainly for people like myself who were uh, you know went over to England to have people who spoke with our language and our accents to be on top of the pops it was it was massive for for us really big for and us. you've taken that name of that song to be the song of this wonderful show that you've yeah. put together tell me about the the genesis of this how it happened well what happened was i was touring with a show called lessons of ireland uh, as the as the front man and singer with him and that show was coming to the end of its life and uh, i was looking for another project to work on and i was uh i've been a huge dubliners fan all of my life and uh i thought it would be a shame to see all these great songs just disappear and and not be brought onto the stage. So uh, I, I wrote the show and um, tried to include all my favourite songs. It's just really a passion for myself. It's a unique story of these five fellas who started in 1962 in Dublin and finished up in 2012. The name of the Dubliners retired then. And it was a great legacy of some of the best songs, you know, anywhere in the world you go on St. Patrick's Day or otherwise. I would say that 80% of the songs that are sung on that day are Dubliners back catalogue so it, it was just really a, a passion for me to, to bring that to the stage and, and try to recreate the kind of energy that the Dubliners had in, in the heyday so, so that's how it really started it was a really a passion for me to take it from the page onto the stage and, uh, and we've been very successful with it And of course you do regale the audience with the story of the Dubliners mm. with the wonderful music intertwined as well the original five, Ronnie Drew, Luke Kelly, Barney McKenna, Kieran Burke and John Sheehan. Sadly, there's only one of them alive now, John yeah, Sheehan. John, yeah. Have you had any contact with John or was he involved in this no, at all? No, no, not at all. No, no. It was, just a, it was just one of those projects where, you know, sometimes you just got to grab the bull by the horns and go with it. Otherwise, things get forgotten. And I just thought, I didn't want my kids to grow up thinking that the Dubliners were something as a part of history because it's part of being Irish and, and a living thing. And I wanted my kids to be brought up like I was brought up on that kind of music and you know and their generation really enjoy it you know it's 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 not a museum piece this is real life great irish songs that deserve to have a, a world stage 
Now, from it began, you've been touring extensively, mm. yeah, not just in the UK and Ireland, but all over Europe as well. Yeah. It's really gone down so well with audiences. It certainly has, because there's a real passion for Irish music right across the world. It's it's especially in this day and age, there's all so much turmoil and people sort of getting depressed about this, that, and the other. That Irish music is perhaps the only music that I'm aware of that you'll go in and it'll make you feel good about yourself and make you happy I put a smiley face a few tears as well but it's a great feel-good music and uh, yeah in Europe especially I was so surprised how many people knew all the songs and we're asking for songs that were quite sort of uh, rare songs and they were asking for you know songs that we would didn't have in the show that we now have put in the show so it's great to it's great to take that music and sort of reinvent it almost and, and bring it to the to the european stage i'm sure when you have big dubliner fans mm. in the audience and you sing the classics can you hear it coming back at oh, you oh very much so and the thing we try to do we don't we, we don't try to be the dubliners or, or pretend to be you know there's no there's no never be another Luke Kelly or there'll never be another Ronnie Drew or Kieran Book or John Sheehan or Barney but what we tried to do is to pay like a homage to them to say that you know that this is the kind of style of music that we really want want to play as individuals and so we're not we don't dress up like them and we don't you know try to be them but we try to get the essence of what they were and to put that onto the stage and remind people that go back and listen to the records and, and and just enjoy it as much as we enjoy performing it every night. Obviously, with your accent, you're Irish born, but you're long term yeah. living in the UK. Yeah. How big is this in England for Abs- you know expats? Absolutely huge. You know, I mean, I say I was born in Dublin. We came over to Manchester. You know, when when I was very young, nine, ten years old, and I was brought up on Irish music because it was a constant thing in in our house. And like people who come over to England. There's certain areas, certainly in Manchester, that was predominantly Irish. So even though we were, we were in England, there was Irish dance halls, there was folk sessions, there was always there. So it was a constant in growing up. So you almost have this kind of dual identity. You know, you come over with all your Irish heritage. And it's like anybody who emigrates to any country, wherever you are in the world, you bring your culture and your heritage. And it's perhaps more important to you than if you were living in Ireland. Uh, because that's what you hold on to. And my father was very, very proud that I sort of embraced Irish music. Um, my mother, uh, she sang in feshes when she was a young girl and won sort of, the, you know, the medals in the feshes. So, it, and, you know, my sister does Irish. My kids play Gaelic football. My daughter's an Irish dancer. It's kind of, it's it's what we are. It's not, it's part of our identity. And to keep our identity alive it's important for me to to have my kids understanding where I come from, and so they have their identity, and they don't lose that Irishness. That is what makes us special people throughout the world. Wherever you go in the world, you will find Irish people. And the difference between between Irish people and the rest of the world is that we embrace the culture that we join, and we enhance it, and we bring our own uniqueness to that country that we live in. So there's Irish Americans, English, you know, English Irish people go to Germany, there's Irish culture there. And it's very, very, it's our greatest export from Ireland is our people, our culture and our music. And wherever you go, it's a vibrant community. And it's it's great to be part of it. And obviously with this show, Seven Drunken Nights, the Dubliners, their story, their songs, you're keen as well to make sure their memory is 
alive and well at this time. It's very important to you. It's it's hugely important to me that you know that that you know for me Luke Kelly as as a vocal I'm a vocalist. For me Luke Kelly is as soulful as James Brown as any of the great soul singers because you you, you can't sing like that unless you got soul. And you can't pretend to sing like Luke Kelly because it, you can't. You can take on his mannerisms, which is, I think, it's doing him an injustice because the songs came from his soul and from his heart. The same way with Ronnie. Ronnie sometimes gets dismissed, but Ronnie Drew really decided what songs he wanted to sing, and he projected them in a way that was unique to him and unique to the songs. And they'll always be alive when you listen to his, you know, listen to his records. The Forgotten Guy is really Kieran Bork. And Kieran Bork, to me, was a, a massive part of the Dubliners, a wonderful instrumentalist, a great singer in the Irish language. The first time I ever heard music sang in the Irish language was by Kieran Bork. And I think it's important that his his you know his part of the dubners is you know is portrayed in in a really positive way because he was a wonderful instrumentalist and a fantastic singer now the great news is jed that you and your musical friends mm. are bringing seven drunken nights the story of the dubliners to the northeast tomorrow night and guess where they are folks they're in the wonderful tlt theater in drogheda what time does the show begin at? Eight o'clock show tomorrow, yeah, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock show on the TLT, and tickets are available from the TLT and online as well. TLT and online, and in case you can't get online, if you go to www.sevendrunkennights.com, and there's a link on there that'll take you straight to the thing. That you can get the tickets. Yeah. Now, we have three pairs of tickets to give away at late lunch this afternoon. Great stuff. Oh, look, wouldn't it be a great night to go along and see these boys tomorrow night? Here, here is the question. How many members were in the original Dubliners lineup? Now there were changes over the years, mm. but how many were in the original Dubliners? I want a number, please. Answers to O eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text with your name and details, and we'll pick three winners before the end of the show. Eight o'clock TLT tomorrow night. Jed Graham and friends. Seven drunken nights. The story of the Dubliners. Not to be missed. I can tell you, folks. This show has gone down a storm all over Europe. Go see it in the TLT tomorrow. For the moment, Jed Graham, thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch today. I wish you well with the tour. Thank you so much. Cheers. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 petrol Kajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Final Friday of the month and late lunch means just one thing between the hours of two and three. Oh, it's in the calendar now, isn't it, for certain? It's Women With Opinions and joining us today are Angela McCormick, a consultant with Media Consult. Cameron McCarthy's here from EMS and Associates and Karen Devine is with us once again from White Light Consulting. You're all very welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. Well, there's only... We'll throw the ball in for the start of the game and there's only (laughs) one way to throw it in and whoever catches this, good luck to you. The big Euro Millions lottery win. I want to say to the family who won it again, congratulations and health to wear. I'm sure you've heard that so many times. But what would you do, ladies, if that type of money came your way? We reckon like somewhere between 25 to 30 million 
per person in that syndicate and Karen Devine is staring me down here. <laughs> well, have you thought Well, we this? laughed in our house when we heard it the other day because we thought it's as well it wasn't me because anybody who knows me knows I'm famous for giving away everything I have. No matter how big or how little my salary is, I manage to give it away to just about anybody who asks for it. So from that perspective, it's as well it wasn't me. No, we, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We want you to win it. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm naturally conservative and so I'd like to think that I would be generous but that I would also try and look out for my long-term future and save a bit but I kind of can't help feeling I might just go a bit mad. So, is there anything that you would go mad? Tell us the maddest thing you do. Now, Karen, come on, let it go here this afternoon. Oh, God. Let that veneer down and... <laughs> Show them the real Karen Devine. God, that's a scary thought. <laughs> uh, I think I'd love to go travelling. Peter, mm. my husband, is self-employed and I'm self-employed. And I think that element of being able to just say, OK, I'm out of office, I'm gone, I'm going to go travel and explore amazing things. There's a, an amazing uh, programme on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil where this uh, TV presenter, he literally just eats his way around the world and he goes to the most amazing places. Uh, he, You know, he's eaten... <laughs> Uh, crickets like you guys last month uh, you know uh, out in, in Bangladesh but he's also eaten in the finest amazing restaurants um, in European and American cities and so I think I'd love to take Peter travelling around the world and just eating and experiencing all that the world has to offer Okay so that's what you would do Angela I know just what you need, Jerry. I've I've thought about this, and I would be your international spa correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I would bring you back reports free gratis. I wouldn't even claim expenses. I'd be bathing in asses and milk in Egypt, and I'd be dipping my toes in these beautiful azure pools in the tropics, and I would come back and give you all of the reports. What an offer that is. Now I'm thinking you You really, two. you really want me to. I do, I do. But that would be your spas travelling the world, luxury. Oh God, yes, I, I, would, I would enjoy myself immensely. But if I did win that amount of money, I would feel I'd have to do something constructive with it as well. So funnily enough, I mean, these two are business ladies. Um, one of the things I would do, if, if that were the case, would be to actually set up some kind of business support group, both in Ireland and in a third world country. Because I think, and I've certainly read that women, and particularly in third world countries, you give a woman a sewing machine or you give some way of getting financial independence and that will improve that family's life. It'll improve the village, the community, the whole shebang. So I would do a little bit of that while my assistant was P- <laughs> feeding me the beans grapes. <laughs> I think that would be a noble thing to do as well and spreading the benefit as well yes. to people who could really, really do without it. Carmel, what about you? What would you do? Well, the first thing I'd probably do is I'd hire the jet. If I didn't buy it, I'd hire it and uh, get us all, all the family on board and go, go down to New Zealand to Anna. Now, when she probably would discover that all of us were coming down, she'd probably take a flight out very quickly because because she wouldn't be able for us. So, yeah, that's the first thing I do. And certainly loads of travel. Um, one place I'd love, I haven't been, one continent I haven't been on is South America. I'd love to explore South America, have to say. You know, so plenty of travel, plenty of eating good food. Of course, that that 
you know, comes with it anyway. And maybe down to South Africa and check out their wines and, mm. yeah. But you'd and, all have loads of money left. I'm just trying to think here. Yeah. You're very all very conservative women in a way. I know you do those things. But listen, that would be a drop in the ocean if you had 25 <laughs> or 30 million. Would you give up work? Then this is, this is something that people often talk about. Would you just say on that day to wherever you were or whatever jobs you had on, goodbye, Carmel first. I find it very, very difficult because I'd be saying, what will I do with the brain? Because I wouldn't sit at home looking at the cobwebs in the corner. Now, mind you, if I had that money, I wouldn't have to do that. <laughs> you'd, anyway. have, you'd have silver yeah. cobwebs with golden spiders <laughs> yeah, at that stage, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. But no, I couldn't see myself giving up work too soon. I think, of course, when you're self-employed, you don't retire. You just die in the job, you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, I had two weeks notice. I'd be very, very good. And I wouldn't say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of here just on Monday morning. I'd be you know, two, two weeks notice and bye. But you would finish up. You I would. W- I would. Well, I have to say, I got a great kick out of the story last week of the young man who was playing one of the online uh, gambling games and he won 5.4 million. And when he went to bed that night, it was at 1 million and he couldn't bear to look at it any longer. When he woke up the following morning, it had finished and it was at 5.4 million. But he still went to work as a breakfast chef because it was Valentine's Day and he knew that his boss would be absolutely hammered busy with all the couples staying. So he still went to work that day. And I thought that was the epitome of decency. Mm. Now, for me, work, while it can be challenging and it can be hard sometimes, it never really feels that difficult because I adore what I do. So a little bit like Carmel, I don't know that I could see myself actually giving up, but I suppose it would be a new reality if you had that amount of money in the bank. Would you tell? No. 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 I couldn't keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> so when Karen Devine wins it, we'll all know. No, it'll be written all over my face. <laughs> Isn't it just though? Oh, it's well, absolutely it. life-changing for we, those people. We always do our lottery ticket in the office. We don't buy individual tickets. Yeah. So we buy the lottery ticket, we all sign it, and the, on the basis that actually it would be no fun if one of us won the lottery. Mm. So in actual fact, it's a company... Uh, company ticket and on the basis then that we could all shared. make the decisions. I think that's really great. Mm. You know, can you imagine 175 million to one person but uh, with this we know it will move and shake and uh, filter out from, from the winners. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is this. Have you ever had any luck? Has anyone ever won significantly on a lottery in a draw or anything like no, that? Carmel? I know. I wouldn't win a row. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I'd have probably a better chance of winning that. No, I, I think probably the most I won was around 80 euro. And that was a long, long time ago. Oh, completely useless. You could have 10 prizes with 11 people, 11 competition with 11 people and there's 10 prizes and I'll be the one that doesn't get it. Well, today I was the lucky recipient of a gorgeous prize from the team out at Oriel Sea Salt because they were the star business on Loud Chat on Tuesday night and I happened to be lucky enough to win their gift box. So, so you've won today. I won today, exactly. Now great? that said, we were in Vegas, some, or not in Vegas, in Tahoe, which is uh, outside in Nevada, so years back and we were there visiting family and we all had a win on one particular slot machine. So I came out with, I think, about 150 euros. Peter came out with about 250 and his brother came out with about 400. Now, all three of us had played the same machine unbeknownst to the other. 
And so we just got lucky on, all, on that such one a machine. Coincidence. I was twice in a syndicate that had five numbers. Whoa. We were one short Whoa. and just one out twice. And we won a few grand. Like actually, the five is pays out pitiful amounts. And it was on the national lottery here. Mm-hmm. But I convinced them. I think I said this before on the show. We won a few thousand the second time, and I got them to put all the money back into tickets over the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next so you flittered it away flittered it immediately so you can imagine me if I wanted what the hell I'd do it I don't think I'd have it for minutes we to be honest we won't be coming with you. to you for investment no, advice no. and another little ditty just before we go to the break my wife gave me a ticket once she had a syndicate going in, in work and said you know the way she, they did it for six weeks each and rotated it they all got the dock mm-hmm. of the standard numbers she says well when you're downtown Sunday morning will you go in with that ticket so I went to a shop and gave it thinking you know sure, look at they'll just check it out and they said, hold on there a minute. So next they came out, paid me out nearly 700 euro. <laughs> and I went home and I, she said, was there a win on that ticket? I said, yeah, you won 20. <laughs> oh, you, you did you not. Mean. Uh, your, your face gave it away <laughs> though, Cherry. <laughs> That's what I told her initially till she had me by the throat in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Good woman. I did own up. But such a surprise for me and mm. them when they thought there was nothing on the ticket. Yes. Oh, there's nothing like it. Anyway, we're heading to our first break. The girls are with us. We've got a lot of serious stuff to do as well. And listen to this. It's not crickets this week. It's crisps. They're taking the crisp challenge. Can they identify Ireland's favourite tater crisp? That's coming up. Have you ever had luck on the lotto? What would you do with the money? Do you want to join in the conversation? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text across social media of the old phone. Don't forget it. 1850-715-958. Karen Devine, Carmel McCarthy and Angela McCormick are women with opinions on this month's late lunch. Now, jihadi bride Shamima Begum has had her UK citizenship revoked. Is that right or wrong? And in an Irish context, because people have gone from Ireland as well to fight in... uh, Uh, Iraq and Syria and now the fight is over IS seems to be no more should they be you know taken back to the country that they left Angela McCormick I think uh, just I was just considering all of this and my suspicion is that this Shamima she is a UK citizen and she can't actually have her citizenship revoked under international law because the 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 Bengalis the the Bangla Bangladesh have said you know she's not our problem I was wondering, is she being made an example of? When she went out there as a jihadi bride, she was a kind of a poster girl. She was almost like a recruiting poster Mm. girl for IS. And it now occurs to me, particularly after her interview, where she was... You couldn't call her apologetic about what, uh, particularly the uh, the ISIS attack in Manchester. Uh, She basically said, well, you know, they're killing our people, so, you know... as a sort of quid pro quo the British kind of felt they possibly couldn't let her back but what I suspect the Home Secretary is doing is he's using her as an example he is sort of saying right he's revoking her citizenship she she will under international law she's probably going to get it back on appeal but but as an example I wonder as it particularly with Brexit a, a way of frightening the immigrant community or sort of saying sending out a very strong message right if if you're young people do this there are going to be serious consequences mm. you need to think you can rely on you know the British sense of fair play or But you do make a good point there you cannot not have a citizenship that is the internationally accepted norm there so really she was British she went out British she's coming back and I think you're right probably through appeal here but I, I know what you're saying a message has been sent out but at the end of the day you know 
even if she does come back with citizenship, there are ramifications. There are ramifications, and, and I, I would for imagine, her. For, oh, huge! I would. I don't know, but I think that. I mean, there, it is against the law in Britain to go and join a terrorist organization at this point. So she may may well be able to to bring in mm. action. But how, but what evidence they have against her is probably you know. Mm. And I was I was also wondering if they do go down that route, where does it leave for the sake of argument, particularly if you think of the seventies and the eighties, if it happened that the wives or partners of IRA bombers. Etc. So it's it, it's it's a particular minefield, um, and and I'm, I I I wonder where where it will go yeah. in the future. I think that's a very good point you make there, Carmen. Mm. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I wouldn't let her back in. But having said that, you know the fact that she doesn't have dual citizenship, like her parents are Bangladeshi, all right, uh, but she. Um, well, the, the the Prime Minister there has been quite clear, you know, so good luck, we want nothing to do they with They don't, it. yeah. So I think Britain will be left with no choice, irrespective of their Immigration Act that they brought in in 2014. You know, they she still can't be stateless. So that's why they'll have to take her back. But it's what they do at the point that she comes back into the country. Can she be arrested? Can she be charged with anything? So it's going to be, it's just, I, I agree with Angela that I think it's probably sending out a message. But also I think, you know, the proverbial is going to hit the fan then mm. because they're going to use every means to yeah. kind of, to corral her. You wouldn't take her back? I wouldn't take her back no Karen yeah I'm really struggling with this one Um, I genuinely feel that the mindset of somebody who goes out uh, as a jihadi bride and espouses the kind of rhetoric that she has done over the last number of years is something that you actually wouldn't want back in the country Um, I think if you were the British authorities can you use it as a learning opportunity can you use it as a way to understand this mindset, the recruitment process, what happens out there? Um, you know, there are ways of learning from it, but I just I'm deeply troubled by that kind of rhetoric. And I know that, you know, we having had our own troubles in this country, mm. we had people in different parts of the world who espoused different means for trying to to gain independence for Ireland and as ways of fundraising and as ways of rallying support. Um, So I'm not saying that it's the same. It's definitely not the same. But I think there are issues around that and how we, how any country deals with real extremism. Um, There's a huge amount of recruitment going on on social media. People are being very directly targeted and they're being targeted with propaganda material. So I think it also comes back to how we protect young people and help them to identify what is the truth um, in any situation that they're seeing online. I want to lead on for that because and we weren't supposed to talk about this today, but I'm going to throw it in before we go to the next break. I was reading an article just last evening and somebody said that Facebook, talking about online grooming and recruiting mm-hmm. as well, that Trump would not be US president or there would be no Brexit without Facebook. What do you make of that? Well, the the, the UK Parliament, which given everything else that's gone on, it, it, it's got, the report got buried, but I think mm-hmm. it was two or three days ago where they yeah. came out and they called uh, Facebook digital gangsters. Was that's it? right, select committee. The select committee yeah. call, called it, them. It, I meant it's just been it come to my mind as you mentioned that mm-hmm. about the online thing. Isn't that some awful 
what, what am it, I trying to get to consider that something like Facebook or a body like that would to that degree influence yeah it is it's it's probably scary to think about it but you know when you think about brexit because it's it's so close to us um like you look back on what was going back and forth on Facebook between people and you know it's the usual one person calling out another and but where the government uh, fell down was the communications was abysmal about what Brexit meant. Mm. They only have themselves to blame. They can't turn around and blame Facebook for this when they couldn't communicate the pros and cons of Brexit. No, well, well, that that is that is one issue. But there was a huge amount of Facebook, the the, the uh, Cambridge Analytica targeted got, got information from Facebook so that they were able to very specifically target very specific people with messages mm-hmm. and and bombard them with in, entirely inaccurate messages. That they they were way their communications and their miscommunication was streets ahead of your standard official line the the remain campaign conducted themselves along the normal ru- Tradition. rules a traditional way of communicating and indeed the remainders well, they they had things like experts speaking about about brexit and dear heavens what were the experts told they were told your project fear we don't trust experts this this other line of communication very 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 well planned uh, had it had had the deal sewn up and they managed to tackle the the uh, brexit campaign to found two million voters and two million people eligible to vote who had never voted in the uk and went after them yeah. and got them and, and, incredible isn't it and that is the point that the remain campaign didn't even see this happening this is so underground it's so tired when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Targeted, um, and it's so false. But what it does is it taps into the beliefs of somebody. So if you have, um, if you have prejudices, if you have concerns or worries about different things, it just taps right in there and feeds that fake news. As and such. we're going to come on to this in a few moments because eighty uh, percent of eight-year-olds in this country and in these islands now have access 
to the internet or the world wide web in some shape or form or other so that's something to consider and we're going to talk about it in a little while on the show let me just come to uh, a couple of comments here uh, about uh, the jihadi bride Shamima Begum uh, a listener says she had uh, let me see that knowing your, your old eyesight is gone and you have to put on your glasses which I will do she said Jerry, she felt nothing when prisoners were beheaded Correct. would you want somebody like that back in your country no no that that caller is right I mean she admitted that that's what motivated her to go to Syria was seeing the beheadings mm. I mean no sorry I, I, I would no place in civilised society. Before yes. we break, eight-year-olds and the internet, access to the internet, has the horse bolted? It's too late. So there's nothing we can do. Well, I remember my first week in college when we were studying communications, the line was always question where information comes from. And I think that's probably one of the most valuable things that you can teach a child when they see stuff on the internet always wonder where has that come from should I believe that source you know so you accept that this is the world of today eight year olds will have access there's no way of there's no point in legislating about that or doing anything to stop it I know for my own nieces and nephews no they don't have access and that's parenting but you know it's a difficult difficult parenting very good I think that in 20 years time we will look back at the idea of somebody handing toddlers iPads to look at Peppa Pig understanding that in, in five or six or seven years time that they know how to access the internet and all that we, we it will be like doctors saying to, to patients oh she can smoke for the good of your health we will look back at what we're doing now and go oh my god why did we do it yeah and I think go back to the word parenting I uh, had a um I was doing a, a pregnancy risk assessment on somebody down in a in a community uh, place in a marginalised area, and I was telling her how she should be looking after herself. We'd sorted everything out in the work environment, and she said, "Oh yeah, m- my little sister, you know, drops things at home and that." Because I said, "Even mind your home environment," and I said, "Well, you." Know, she was seven. I said, "Well, you know, kids." I said, "Of seven, they'll be thinking, oh, well." You know, I have to go and get that doll or I have to go and get my, my runners to, to go outside. She says, oh, more than likely she'd be thinking about her iPhone 8. So I went, oh, well, it just says it all, doesn't yes. it? At, at that age yes. as well. The way, and to, the way that, to think about it, though, is you wouldn't leave your five, six, seven, eight year old out on the street to chat to a stranger. Why would you allow them to do it on the internet? Hold that thought there. Join us in the conversation if you want to. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number across social media on LMFM or 1850-715-958. When we come back after the break, it's the big crisp challenge. The girls are (laughs) eagerly waiting to do the tasting for us. Stay with us. Now we do give our women very important tasks from time to time. They do the Christmas pudding judging, you know that. They tasted beautiful Malteser-esque things the last day, which turned out to be crickets covered in chocolate. Girls, are you a little nervous now? No. No, I... We trust you, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> no, we not. <laughs> no, not. Not. Anyway, recently, there was a national poll carried out with regard to crisps. And we eat some amount of crisps in Ireland. And there is a favourite crisp in Ireland. The number one favourite crisp in Ireland, by a distance... It's potato, potato crisps, cheese and onion crisps. So we have here three varieties of crisp, all cheese and onion flavour. 
They're in three bowls here, number one, two and three. And I want you to taste them in turn and then tell me at the end, are the Tato crisps in number one, two or three? Is that fair enough, Simple? Mm -hmm. And we're on Facebook Live. Look, we're on Facebook Live. Join us here. You'll see the girls doing the tasting as well. So here we go. Number one, Karen, I'll start at your end. Will you take a little taster of those there? Go on, dig in, girls. Everybody grab a crisp there and have a taste. And don't say, don't say, just Mm -hmm. just taste. Just crunch. And crunch Mm -hmm. and munch. And lunch and whatever. I don't think Angela McCormick wants to pass them no, on. No, <laughs> I'm here for my dinner. <laughs> she she likes them that much. Okay, so yes. that is your first crisp. Get it? You know, it's like tasting a wine. Rick Crunchy was with me yesterday. You're getting the bouquet of those crisps there. You know what I mean? The different flavours. Is there a lingering taste there? What do you think about those? Okay, you all have a little sup of water there. So I think it's only fair that you take a little... Rinse. Don't do a spittoon here. Keep okay. it in, please, in the studio. Thank you very much. Here is number two. Okay, so will you have a taster there of number two and pass it on down the line as well and tell me what you think. Do you hear that crunching going on in the background? Mm. What does number two bring to you? What do you think about number two? Is number two the Tato Crisp? Was it number one? What Do you, do you like that? Do you, do you like the flavour too? Without saying anything, Carmel? Mm, yeah. Mm, yes? Mm, two? Not as much as one. Okay, not as much as one, Carmel. But they like number two as well. Have you got enough of that? Have you enough of a taste? Have a little. We'll start the other end this time. Carmel, with you. Take those ones there. There's number three. Okay, so don't confuse them. Actually, Louise is a devil, my producer, Louise Wilde. She says, (laughs) we'll mix them all up in each bowl. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She did say that to me this morning. She said, oh, Jerry, go on. We'll mix them all up and then tell them at the end we did it. No, we didn't. We actually kept them absolutely separate. So that is crisp number three. Oh, I love that sound. I love, I'm not tasting myself, by the way, here. <laughs> Just keeping the, the show on the road here with my yap. Anyway, that is your third crisp there. So what we've done is just reminding listeners again, and hello to everybody again on Facebook Live as the girls taste away there. We've given them, and I don't know, one, two and three in the bowls. One is... One of these is Tato Crisp. I don't know which of them it is. uh, And uh, we're going to find out now. So let me have a look. I do have in here, which was given to me, not to be taken out until the show started. Oh, my God. I do have the result here. So let me tell you, just looking at this, in the three bowls, in no particular order, you had King Crisps. You had an imposter crisp, which we call it, <laughs> and we had Tato crisp. And that imposter was uh, crisps. Tell me who they were, Louise. They're from the, they make the, in Manhattan. It's a Manhattan cheese and onion was the other one. So the three we had, Manhattan cheese and onion crisps. We had King cheese and onion and we had Tato cheese and onion there. So, uh, <laughs> let me see. Carmel, was it one, two or three, the Tato? I think it was one. You think it was number one. Angela? It was number one. Number one. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, in bowl number three... Was king. Were the king crisps, that's right. Oh, okay. In bowl number two... Were the imposter. That's correct. (laughs) God, (laughs) these women know their crisps. (laughs) They got it 100% right. Yay! Well done to all of you. Was it that obvious, do you think? I think with Tato, it, it's also the look of it as well. Okay. So mm. number two definitely did not yes, look yeah, like Tato. While they were tasty, yeah. they definitely didn't look like Tato. Number three actually looked a little bit too thin to okay. be Tato. And they and also have a s- dusting. Yes, mm. so there, there were d- a different yeah. coating on So no doubt, there it is. Helena has it on Facebook <laughs> Live. There it is in bowl number one. Yes. And again, with our girls here, Tato crisps. They loved that. They picked it out as well. Do you would it be would Tato be your favourite? Uh, I have to say, there's a couple I like. Go I on. I do love Tato for 
a crisp sandwich. Yes. You can't beat it mm. with white bread and real butter. Oh. <laughs> there you go. But uh, if I'm eating crisps on their own, I love Kyo's crisps, which are made here in North Kent, Dublin. Nice. Yes. And Dunn's do a gorgeous range with the Oreo sea salt as well, okay. which are yeah. from Flower Head. Angela. There's some guy, I think, is it Kyo's who make um, sweet potato crisps and parsnip crisps and crisps out of vegetables? And they are just are they? Yep. So mm. that's that's uh, uh, not it's a be- potato. It's not crisp. potato crisps. Vegetable, vegetable crisps. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, you know, potato would be my favourite. And but I can't, I can't buy crisps at home because I just look up in the pressing and they cry out, <laughs> "Eat <laughs> me, eat me now!" And Forget about the 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 weight that'll go on. Mm-hmm. Would you that's eat exactly? Would what you, they do. Would you eat yeah. a six pack if you started? Oh, I wouldn't buy a six pack. What? Oh God Almighty! I wouldn't buy a six pack at all. No. I think if you started in Carmely. Ah uh, no, I know I don't eat. I don't eat the one pack, but then I'd be. Uh, one I'd the be laden with the guilt. <laughs> so the fresh white bread, the butter, and the crisp oh, sandwich. Yeah. Favorite way. Mm. Favorite way, Chris. Straight I'll, from the I'll, packet. I'll, I'll, I like a crisp sandwich, but I am very conscious those things are full of calories. Mm-hmm. They yeah, are yeah. Jam-packed. I mean, uh, to be quite honest with you crisps and a glass of wine <laughs> don't know why, why the wine was missing do you know what I love crisps with a glass of cold milk oh, oh that, yeah that's yeah. me I love crisps mm. and I can remember the first ever packet of crisps I got when I was a little fella a tiny little fella and I'd say I've had millions of packets <laughs> of them ever since to be honest oh, with yeah. you yeah Tato are great I love King Perry anyone remember Perry yes crisps? Yeah. yes yes they we were a lovely crisp on the day and I have to say Kyo's we know Kyo's very yeah. well we were there when they started the business uh, yeah. they were with us on late launch and they've yeah. been in since they're great people and they're lovely crisps mm. let's move on from the crisps and take one more topic before we hit our next break and it is the children's hospital getting serious for a moment uh, Carmel McCarthy oh. what's to be done look at this for an absolute scandal. It, it is a scandal. It's an absolute scandal because I mean, there back in 2017, it was there was an agreement of that 983 million would be spent and now they're saying oh no, that's going to be 450 million. I mean all of us know that if we do any sort of a build, you factor in another 20% because you know it's going to cost you more. But I was horrified when I saw some of the things that were extras. I mean more sanitary fittings, theatre lights, gas outlets. Sorry did you did you not put a factor those in, in the first place? <laughs> Drainage pipes, air vents, glazing, in, i.e. gaps identified by contractors, that is going to cost $94 million alone. Extra fire sprinklers. Now, this was the bit I couldn't get. Fire protection post-Grenfell. Uh, I mean, sorry, that should have been in place. And I think there was a few fingers being pointed at whoever, like, uh, did the... the the drawings and uh, whoever the consultants were behind it. But like there was probably about 40 heads sitting together. How do you not get your fire protection right from the outset? So you're telling us, having examined this in detail, there's lots of things going in now to the mix that are add-ons that should have been considered and absolutely be part of the initial contract. What's to be done, Angela McCormick? Now, do you stop the the project? The attitude appears to be we've started, so we have to finish. Magnus Magnusson. Magnus Magnusson. It is astonishing. The thing that bothers me is why can we not plan capital projects in this country? How does this happen? We trust our officials and our politicians to make sensible decisions. It seems to be bizarre that we can't Should the government not have been brought down by Fianna Fáil on this? Hard question, but they couldn't be brought down because of Brexit. Brexit is keeping... If there was no Brexit, would the government have gone? Yes. Yes. 
For sure. Yeah, I, I believe so. What would so. you do now, Karen? Because look at what's going to happen. This is going to pull money from everywhere else. Everywhere. And I can't, I still can't reconcile the fact that James's was the selected location. Yes. Mm. James's is just a disaster of all proportions. Um, and I know they're going to say they'll improve the traffic, you know, plan and different things like that. But James's is a disaster. Um, and I can't, I can't really get my head around that. That said, I don't want to see us go back to, to ground zero as well and start all over again. But it just seems to be that they've forgotten that this is a hospital for all of the children of Ireland. You know, for every parent, you know, of a sick child in this country. Um, you know, and, and I just, I can't fathom how the civil servants in charge and the board in charge of it allowed just a two-phase process, how it wasn't scoped out properly. I can understand, however, that politicians are always dying to get things announced and they're dying to put a shovel in the ground. And have them in their own place. Correct, exactly. So it just, it feels like, it just feels like a mess and I've no idea. Should heads roll? Uh, Yeah, I mean, what annoyed me was Simon Harris knew on the 30th of August that there was going to be a, a 391 million overrun. He kept his trap shut because they knew that they wouldn't get the budget through a couple of weeks later. Now, to me, it, it the head should roll. The whole lot of them should roll. End of story. Now, sound a bit ruthless that way, but someone has to put up their hand and take responsibility here. There seems to be a lot of finger pointing, but the fingers are pointing. They're pointing back at everybody, you know, so they they, they need to stand up and be counted. We need an overhaul of the decision-making processes in this country around large projects. Mm -hmm. It is just bizarre. And uh, the question about why James's site was picked Mm. when it was utterly unsuitable, shoehorned into a complete... Why is it different? Because it's yours and ours and everybody's contributions and a hard work for taxes that are being just whittled away Mm -hmm. when you look at this project. Final break on the show. The girls are staying with us. If you want to say something, what about the crisps? What crisp do you love? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850-715-958 if you want to call in and we'll say goodbye to you for the moment. You better say goodbye Bye. to them there face, face like, but they're going nowhere. They're staying with us on Late Lunch. We're going to talk about personal hygiene for the next while with the girls on Late Lunch. Now this has come from a story I think it may have emanated in America about a guy washing his hands and being very particular and then I think Trump weighed into it to say he's very particular about washing his hands. Are you particular about your hand cleanliness, Angela, shaking hands with people, greeting people? Do you ever think about that? Never give it a thought. I mean, you do wash hands after being to the bathroom. That's it. No, but I mean, I wouldn't mind shaking hands with people or I haven't got any problem with doorknobs or anything. I wouldn't give it a thought. No bother. Um, Personally... It doesn't bother me, but I have to uh, be, I'm not saying paranoid about it, but because we do infection control training, the one thing we cover on it is hand hygiene. And it's amazing, like, to see people not having a clue. How do you wash your hands properly? You sing happy birthday twice whilst you're washing them. That's the the length of time you should spend washing your hands. Happy birthday twice. Karen, are you a good singer? Do you do the happy birthday I thought I was good at washing my hands, but now I know I need another lesson. Um, Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'd be like Angela. I wouldn't be obsessive about it. And I think in the type of work that we do where you're meeting people all the time, you have to just be very open and very 
ready to connect with people. So I think you would definitely have a, a challenge in our line of work if you were, if you had any problem with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing about that. I have to go back to a, a previous subject. Uh, a WhatsApp listener has said, King for the sandwiches. This is the crisp thing, oh. folks. Right? King for the sandwiches. Hunky dories if you're eating them from the packet. Ridge by ridge. Oh, I can see it. <laughs> and snacks when you're on a diet. You know, the tato yeah. snacks, those... Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. Here's another one. Jerry, I absolutely love tato cheese and onion, especially on fresh batch bread with dairy gold butter. That comes in from Mina Curran and Kells this afternoon. Um, are one of your girls not taking part in the Lose Weight and Feel Great programme? <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> no, they're not this year. Kira did Kira, a couple of years Normandy. ago. Who's, who's not here? <laughs> I love it. God Almighty, you're really sharp out there. Yeah, no, it's not one of the girls. But come back to the personal hygiene. Would you shower every day? Absolutely. Shower every second day and wash the essentials? In between. In between. Oh, shower every day, every morning, because otherwise I'd be sitting half asleep. It's It demarks my day. Okay, so yeah. it sort of gets you up and going at the day, yeah. as well mm-hmm. as cleaning you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's, I need it. And then I feel... I can start my day now. I'm a bit with Angela, to be honest with <laughs> you, on this one. <laughs> I think we are actually sold an awful lot of stuff. Particu- and particularly with mothers and babies and the whole lot. They are sold this fear of germs and infections. Now, there's a, le- there's a limit. You, you, there is a, there's a there's sense and there's nonsense. Mm. And I think sometimes we can be a little over... A shower every day is nice, but I mean, I can... You know, you can get away with it. I, you can get away with it, though uh, you do need to. I don't yeah. shower every day. I tell you that, but I did today, knowing that you were coming and <laughs> we were talking we about particular. this. Stuff, in Thank case God. you were in the studio, going, <laughs> "What's this here today?" Uh, but and wintertime, I'd shower less than summertime. Funny enough, when the temperatures are cooler, and yeah, that. that's yes. just a personal thing. What about listeners? Do you shower every day, listeners? Are you listening? Do you do it? Do you shower every single day? Are you particular about it or are you not? Anybody out there that doesn't shower regularly at all, send us in. <laughs> no, 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 you're all well, right. it's not smell a vision. But if you have something to say, 086 658, I'll tell you a little story, a little regaling here. I go fishing to Loch Arrow in Sligo uh, and we have a great crew over there and uh, we stay in a campsite and there's great facilities you know you stay and you can shower and do everything no problem but Ken my fishing buddy was telling me years ago that himself and his dad and their friends used to go when there was no caravan park but the caravans were all around the side of the lake so there was no showering facilities so he said they'd be there for a fortnight in May (laughs) and he said by the end of May they'd know they'd need to get home because when they took their underpants off and threw them against the wall they'd stick oh Oh, god oh Jerry (laughs) That's that's typical lads. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He could be joking. No, 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 no I mean, that was no joke. <laughs> anyway, well, I tell you what, a hand washing course would be lost on him. <laughs> but personal hygiene can be sort of just what people think. Because yeah. I can remember a guy, true as heavens, now this, in fairness, was, you know, maybe 20 years ago, mm. but uh, he was honestly of the view his, his flatmates, they were having showers every other day, they were washing their clothes, they were changing their clothes and he didn't understand it at all mm. he didn't know how they were so dirty because he only needed a shower maybe once every 10 days and he only changed
changed his clothes about every once every two weeks and he wondered how his friends were so dirty. Yes. <laughs> Do you think, like, I know, I know, look, when I tell you, the, the worst thing in the world is to smell odour or, yes. you know, people who have a... St- it is shocking. And water, there's no excuse today not to <laughs> clean yourself and say, but I do think we go a little bit and we're sold this by a lot of people, you know? That's just a, a view of mine now, as well. I wouldn't wash my hair every day because I'd be like Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> and I'm just... the opposite. If I didn't wash it every day, it would stand up on end. Isn't yeah. that yeah. interesting? Very yeah. interesting indeed. Let me see what they're saying out there. Uh, you've gone from crisps to crispy with the underpants. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. Oh, that's <laughs> an brilliant comment. That's the comment of the week, maybe the month of the year. Yes, from crisp to crispy with the underpants. If you shower every day, you're harming the environment, says a listener. Uh, you're wasting water and polluting the environment with all the chemicals from the shower gels, etc. There's a green person, you know, and they probably have a point with that as well. But look, at uh, uh, I suppose there is a... What would we say? Is there a middle ground there? There is a middle ground. I remember I used to bath the kids every day as babies because I was saying, you know, you're stripping the natural oils Mm -hmm. out of their skin. I'd top and tail them and, you know, twice a week they'd get that. That was it. Look at that top comment there. Now, don't say the word. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, right. That's too polite. That's one of my friends. The fishing gang. It's not even a fishing gang, but somebody knows me has called me a smelly bee. So that being and then do you think he's trying to give you a hint Jack we got it Jack we got your message (laughs) anyway look we're almost there for uh, another month on late lunch I want to thank you all sincerely for coming in it it really has been an enjoyable hour for the last hour and we've covered a lot of ground and we will be back with there's going to be two women with opinions in the month of March yes there will be because for a very special reason on International Women's Day the 8th of March we're doing a special late lunch will be all about women on that day so we're coming back in a couple of weeks time and then again of course the normal one at the end of the month but for the moment I'm really delighted to have all three of you with me on the show this afternoon a big thank you again to Angela McCormick uh, consultant with Media Consult Carmel McCarthy from EMS and Associates and the wonderful Karen Devine from White Light Consulting thank you all have a lovely weekend thanks thank Jerry. You, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. I'm just washing down a few tater crisps with a lovely cup of cold milk there during the break. Ah, that's bass, as they say. Now, seven drunken nights happening at the TLT in Drogheda. The Dubliners remembered. We were talking about it earlier on on the show. How many members in the original Dubliners lineup? It was five and going along with a pair of tickets each tomorrow evening to the TLT are Caroline McGrath from Dremin, Siobhan McHugh, Tully Allen, and uh, Olive Callan, Grove Road in Carlingford. Well done to you and enjoy that uh, brilliant concert tomorrow night in the TLT. Also, a few of your comments just to catch up. And three showers a week is enough for anybody, Jerry. And to think I'm paying the same water rates as your one which you're taking a shower every day. Thanks for that. Uh, avoid the Navin Road, the R153 on the Dulic side, please. A serious accident there. Major tailbacks, if you're listening. Don't go near that area. I don't know how anyone could listen to you lot every month. You crack me up, says a listener. Sorry about that. Uh, if you don't want to be cracked up, well, you know what to do. Uh, Tato every time. You can get a 20 multi-pack for €4. Euro, Euro, all cheese and onion and deals. 
smaller bags but still great value and so on they go thanks indeed for your comments this afternoon now today and going forward we have a new feature every Friday on Late Lunch we look ahead to the weekend sport and we'll be in the company and the safe hands of Leon Blanche Head of Communications with Boyle Sports who's on the line afternoon Leon Good afternoon, how are you? I'm good, thanks for joining me on the show. Only one place to start in the North East tonight, soccer. The Premier Division of the League of Ireland and First Division. Dundalk at Finn Harps after a strange result last week, Leon. Yeah, look, it was a strange start, but I think anyone who watched the game um, definitely would have expected and wouldn't have been begrudged Dundalk the three points. They were by far the better side against Sligo Rovers. Unfortunately, um, they missed that penalty they created enough chances in the first half to win the game. And then, of course, they had to get an equaliser. But no need to fear. Dundalk drew, I think, the first three games last year and yeah. they still went on to win the double. Mm. So there's no panic yet. No they panic there. To, to win tonight. And I fully expect them to bounce back to winning ways. Finn Harps are a 12 to 1 chance. So it goes to show you how much of a chance those bookmakers give them. So we fully expect the Lily Whites to bounce back to winning ways this evening. Now, the first division gets going tonight and Drogheda United opened their campaign at home to Cove Ramblers. A new regime off the field really getting things going. There's a huge lift around the town uh, about the club at this time. Their chances against Cove tonight be expected to win? I think they will. And um, I think for the first game um, under a new regime, you're, expect- you're hoping that it's a home fixture. It is home tonight. There should be a good crowd, as you said. Um, certainly, the optimism has been, um, the levels of optimism has risen uh, over the close season. They're 8-13. to 13. They're odds-on favourites to beat Cove. It's a long trek up for Cove. They're available at 9-2. to two. But I think Drogheda will be hoping to make a serious push uh, this year to try and get back into the Premier Division. And hopefully tonight will be the start of things to come. I think most people are expecting them to see off Cove. It won't be easy. And Cove will play defensive. They'll try and keep it tight. But here's hoping Drogheda at 8-13 to 13 can get off to a winning start. Absolutely. And I'll be there myself to see them. I have the season ticket in the back pocket and looking forward <laughs> to it. Now, across the water this weekend, there are two games that stand out. Manchester United against Liverpool in the Premier League. How United would like to put a spoke in the wheels, Leon? <laughs> well, look, I think if you talk to anyone... Um, any Manchester United fan this is their biggest game of the season and I think it's the same for Liverpool it's the biggest game in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt I think looking at it um, United are in tremendous form they've only lost the one game since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over from Jose Mourinho and they've actually only drawn one game when they came from 2-0 down at home against Burnley now they're playing Liverpool it was a much needed bounce back from United to beat Chelsea after suffering at the hands of Paris Saint-Germain at home in the Champions League and I thought United were very very good yes you might say Chelsea weren't that good but United had to go to Stamford Bridge and they did it quite well United however are the underdogs they're 21 to 10 to beat Liverpool Liverpool are favourites at 13 to 10 the big plus for Liverpool obviously is Virgil van Dijk will come back into the side having sat out the nil all draw against Bayern Munich having been suspended in the first leg of the Champions League but there's a big decision I feel for Jurgen Klopp who does he play beside Van Dijk? Does he play Matip, who is a centre-half? Or does he continue with Fabinho, who I felt played very well against Bayern Munich? He played alongside Matip that night. Personally, I hope he plays Fabinho. But I think this could be an, a very attractive game to watch in terms of goals scored. Solskjaer, to be fair to him, he's gone back to the United way. They try and attack and they try and score goals. Liverpool, 
tend to play one way. They like to hit you on the counter-attack. It's a very interesting stat that Saudi Mane is the only person to have scored out of Salah and Firmino in, I think, the last five games against Manchester United. So Firmino and Salah need to score sooner rather than later. It's going to be one hell of a game. I think if Liverpool win it, they'll probably win the Premier League. But I think if United win it, I think Liverpool will lose the Premier League. So a lot to play for. I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm going to go for a score draw. And the draw is available at 5-2. to two. Now, Carabao Cup or the League Cup, as it's known, Man City and Chelsea. I was there last year, uh, Leon, to watch my beloved Gunners taken apart by Manchester City at Wembley. Surely this time round, City, odds-on favourites uh, to repeat 6-0 they beat Chelsea recently. Yeah, look, they are, you know, and they're odds-on favourites. They're 7-4 on, 4-7 to seven, uh, to win the Carabao Cup in 90 minutes. And you're right, look, they beat them 6-0. And this Chelsea manager... I don't know why he keeps persisting with playing Jorginho in, in the holding midfielder role when he's got the best holding midfielder in the world in N'Golo Kante. He seems to want to try and push him more forward. I think if he plays the same type of tactics that he did at the Etihad, there's only going to be one outcome, and that's going to be a City stroll to a League Cup victory. But we must not forget, Chelsea beat Man City at Sanford Bridge in the league by two goals to nil. And, and there's not many teams that have beaten Man City this season. But Chelsea are one of the teams who have done it. So I think looking at it, I think if Sarri can admit that it doesn't just work with Jorginho as the holding midfielder, maybe he might play Kante alongside Jorginho. But all the money is for City, as I said, 4-7 to seven to win in 90 minutes and actually 2-7 to seven to lift the cup. So we'd be surprised if the League Cup is not going back to Manchester. The first piece of silver, they believe, of many going to the Etihad this year. Let's move on to Rugby Union and a big weekend of Six Nations. Surely the easiest one to call for everybody is Ireland-Italy. I think so. Um, I think Ireland will go uh, to Italy on Sunday. I think it's a three o'clock kick-off. Um, you'd be fully expecting Ireland to win. I think probably the best thing to happen to Ireland, not in terms of losing against England, because we never liked that, but in terms of it was probably... It was probably a bit of a reality check in terms of we are not unbeatable. Any side can be beaten on any given day. And I just think looking at it, that has brought them right back down to earth. They were, of course, on a crest of a wave, having beaten the All Blacks at the Aviva um, in November. They were pretty much the number one side in the world. They were well and truly outplayed by England, but they have rebounded. Um, It was a good victory away against Scotland. As I said, they will beat Italy. But the big game, I think, from a Six Nations perspective, will obviously take place at a quarter to five tomorrow afternoon when Wales will host England. Yeah. Um, Wales are the underdog at 17 to 10. England are odds-on favourites at 8 to 15. And the handicap betting is only four points. Now, Wales plus four are even money. Now, what that means for anyone out there, it just means Wales get a four-point head start. And if Wales can get beaten by three and you back Wales plus four, you still win your bet. And this will, this will basically determine if England can win it, they'll win a grand slam. If Wales can win it, it might boil down to that very final game in Cardiff on the 16th of March when Ireland have to travel to play Wales. So there's an awful lot at stake tomorrow in that game. Here's hoping Wales can do a job on England and they have a pretty good home record when they face England. So that's going to be a very close game to call. And the final game, which doesn't really mean a lot, is France um, against Scotland. I probably will give the edge in terms of the handicap betting. Scotland are being given a six-point start 
I thought Scotland were quite good against Ireland and maybe Scotland plus six but it's never easy for the Scots when they travel to play the French. We have uh, just less than a minute to go, so here we go to GAA and quickly, the local sides this weekend. Tomorrow evening, Meather and Cork. Cork not going great at the moment. And then on Sunday, Louth up against pointless Sligo and Drogheda. How do you see them going? Yeah, well, I'm hoping that both home sides can win. And I've been very impressed with Meath um, in their start to this league campaign. And as you said, Cork have got serious problems. Meath are favourites. They're 6-4 to four on. And I fully expect them to justify favouritism. They should defeat the Rebels in their own home backyard. And then the Wee County, as you said, will take on Sligo. Loud are 8-13. to 13. Sligo at 13-8. to eight. I fancy Loud big time to beat Sligo. And then, of course, if we could throw in even the Dubs, I know it's not one of the local counties, but they've got a big game against Mayo in Crow Park uh, tomorrow evening. They must win that after losing two out of their opening three league games. But I think for Mead and Loud, huge opportunities for both counties to register wins this weekend. Leon, great to talk to you. See you again next Friday. Thanks a million. Have a great weekend. All the best. You too. That's Leon there from uh, Boyle Sports Communications uh, Manager, Leon Blanche. Final break of the week on Late Lunch. And then it's time for the man we hope to keep on dancing in Dancing with the Stars, Fred Cook. Oh, Fred, I thought you were gone when you stumbled in the dance-off. I know, yeah, yeah. I thought it was gone myself. And that's the truth. But you have two things. You, have two, you do two things in that moment. You either you keep going or you run away and you come back five days later. So I kept going. A good end. man yourself. Up you got it. Never broke you in your stride. And the, the real encouraging thing is all three judges were putting you through anyway. Well, they said, well, what they said was like Debbie also made mistakes. Mm. So, uh, so because of that, so when you put them together, I guess, they felt it was more of a performance in mind. But, you know, thankfully, like, thankfully, I did get through. And not only that, I got through. I have a clean slate this week. I wasn't carrying a low score from the week beforehand. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's, uh, it's great. But, yeah, it was, hopefully, I don't want to go near the dance-off this year. No, we don't want you in the dance-off. But I'm just looking at what's no. left now. Cleena Hagen's still there. Yourself, Peter Stringer, Johnny Ward is there. Clelia yeah. Murphy, who's a very good dancer, I have to say. Dennis Bastic and Mairead Ronan. That's the final seven now, is it? Yeah, and you can see it. You can see, like, there's a... I won't say a different calibre, but it's changed. The game's mm. changed, you know what I mean? Like, the dancers are really... They're really top class this time, like, you know, this weekend. So, yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, but it's... But, you know, it's... It's great to be. It's great to be here. And this Sunday night, I'm doing the jive. Oh, brilliant, Fred! Which, which is brilliant. Oh, it's up your street. You know I mean? The like, fast dance. Yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant, so, brilliant. So another good week put in. Julia putting you through your paces, and you're confident you're going to sock it to them I on am, Sunday. I definitely am. Yeah, yeah. As long as those get very competitive, I think that Dennis Bassick was putting oil under my shoes, and that's why he slipped or <laughs> wheels or something. He's a so gurry. Or them, them dubs. You couldn't trust them. <laughs> they never let you mead men away with a thing, do they, over what the years? Did, what did mead football ever do to any other country? <laughs> We've always been, why do we deserve this? We've always been clean with integrity. So I don't know what's happening to him. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, stick a boot in this week and trip him or something exactly, and get yeah. back at him. But anyway, the work has gone well this week. You need the votes. Aren't we saying that again? This week more Absolutely. than ever, you have to get the votes. We have to get them out for Fred this week because it is the final seven. Don't forget the number. 53125 is the text number. And the simple thing on the text, you just put the name in, Fred, and text it to 53125 as soon as the lines open on Sunday evening. Our votes are crucial. You know that yourself, Fred, at this stage. No, absolutely, and it's the votes that will uh, get me out of that dance off. You know what I mean? It's the votes that will get me comfortably into next week. Cause, and I know because it's week eight now as well, so I'm so lucky to get this weekly slot with you, Jerry, just to keep up the public notice, the momentum. Do you know what I mean? In week eight, it's uh, yeah. that middle ground area. So, it's, uh, so but I'm, I'm very positive about uh, Sunday night, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. Okay, 53125, 53125, Fred, 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 get voting on Sunday. We're going to play out a special song for you. It's Kylie and Dancing. See you next week, please, God. No one wants to stay at home. Nobody wants to be alone. When you come knocking, I'll be at your door. I don't ever want to stop. I'm going to give it all I've got. And when they ask me, who could ask for more? Can't stand still. Won't slow down. When I go Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 petrol Kajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.